call Tori sweetie all the time. Sweetie is not something I would call a partner who is on equal, like, level yeah. to me. No, that's, that's fair. I, I would call, like, perhaps a, a little boot sweetie or just, the Nintendo Switch weird. sweetie or the microphone sweetie. Uh, yeah, Aaron just made a face in the background that was like, a boot? A little boots are cute, I think. Like, just my little duck, Martin, just sitting there. If I, like, dropped it, I'd be like, oh, no, sweetie, are you okay? And it would be fine because it's a steel-toed boot. But Well, yeah, and it's also an it's inanimate just a cute object. Little thing. It's just a cute little thing. You know, what, you know what I do when electronics and things in general mess up? Is I, I've taken up, instead of cursing at them, I say, grow up! <laughs> Which makes me feel a lot better because it's so funny to me. No, I do like that funny. one. Yeah, I remember watching you yell "grow up" at one of your electronics a while back and being like, "Oh yeah, that's obviously." See, that it. doesn't make me uncomfortable. The I, I feel like you're just uncomfortable with me expressing any kind of affection towards anything. That might be true. The word "sweetie" makes me really uncomfortable. What about "honey"? What if I called all of them "honey"? I think all of those are just words that like uncomfortable white people have called me in my life and they all make yeah. me feel real uncomfortable Here's to hear the thing. out loud. I am not addressing you, nor would I ever No, I know. I just hearing that word in my presence makes my butthole clench. Anyway, welcome to If It's Gay We Play. <laughs> the podcast where Kai talks about using diminutive terms to refer to objects. That's the thing Kai. though, in other language in other language, in uh-huh. just one. No, I know. Like in, in other Spanish, languages, there's like there's there's little words for little, little things. There's little like ita and that kind of thing. And, like I, and I'm thinking like uh, like of the German suffix. Is suffix the one that comes after? Yeah. Suffix like uh, chen, uh-huh. like uh, katzen, kat, kat, fuck. Katzen. Katzen. Yeah. Thank you. Wow. Um, I'm sorry. I am doing very badly mentally, so I'm just not remembering German. anything. Yeah, uh, and that's just a little cat. Yeah, and, and gatita, that all ita, the time. is it ita or ito in Spanish? So, so that's what I'm saying. Like, I'm just gatita. calling the technology little technology. I'm Kai. My pronouns are they, them, theirs. And I think little tech things are very cute. I'm Hannah. My pronouns are she, her, hers. And it makes me a little uncomfy that Kai personalizes the electronics. You know Although, what's most in the impo- robot uprising, like, we are always polite to the electronics. Exactly. We are always polite to the electronics. And I recently fixed one of our electronics so we could continue being polite to Cortana. What, what if, though, I'm what if saying, they think that you're like, like, when people call me sweetie, it makes me really uncomfortable because, like, I'm an adult. So what if the electronics feel like. Uh, belittled by that or like talked down to they would tell me because consent and communication is very important in all of well, my what i'm telling you though kai is that the electronics can't tell you so in the they robot can. uprising they might be like stop calling me sweetie well then i would because that's what i would do i would punch somebody who'd been calling me sweetie i would love bunch. to get punched by a robot yeah i don't disagree aaron are you just drinking a glass of vodka uh, no, that's that's water. <laughs> okay, thank God. I, I'm, I'm gonna start. It's kind of early in the day, so I'm gonna start with the grown-up decision. A water yeah, and coffee. Good. Yeah, that's. We can have. Up. You can uh, instead of a beverage mistake, you can have a beverage PSA, which is drink water, everybody. It's important. Please. I I, I feel that I I really told you know I told the fans. <laughs> what are they gonna think if I give out my drink mistake? Yeah. Five episodes in. <laughs> I mean, we're nothing if not non-committal as people. So. That's gay culture. We're extremely committed, and that is gay culture. Mm. Um. So, Kai. Hannah. Which plane right now? I would play in a couple of things. Because um, I want to talk about the gayest thing we've done all week next. Because I'm really excited about my. Game. Yeah, I know you're really excited about yours. Yours is really good. Um, 
I was playing a lot of Moss last night for a couple hours. I have been uh, replaying slash actually finishing the Banner Saga on the Nintendo Switch, and that's just been really fun because it's been a hot minute since I've played like a turn-based combat game, and I find that very uh, fulfilling in in a lot of ways because I really like strategy games like that. Like it, um, I haven't played Civilization Five in a hot minute, and that's been really good. And again, I have continued to play a lot of Ring of Elysium um, with our good friend Charles. Hi, Charles. Hi, Charles. Which I, uh, you know, I really, I really enjoy that. I haven't really been committed to a game in the way that I feel I get committed to like first or third person RPGs. I still need to finish Vampire the Masquerade Bloodlines. Yeah, you do. <laughs> you <really laughs> I just do. thought about that. I totally forgot that that game existed. Yeah. I'll yeah. work on that. Wow, that's wild because that's literally all you talked about for like two months. I love that game. Every other word out of your mouth was Vampire the Masquerade Bloodlines. You know how I am hey, about Hey, did you things. hear this song? We're in the car and they're like, I'm going to play you this song. It's from <laughs> Vampire the Masquerade Bloodlines. I did not say it's from Vampire the Masquerade Bloodlines. I played the song and then said it was from Vampire no, the Masquerade Bloodlines. No, because it was on like... You already told me the ministry had a song for it. Yeah, so ministry like, created I, a whole song. I already knew this. So for anyway, Vampire the Masquerade Bloodline. Because of you talking talking about it ceaselessly. I, I have a whole playlist on Spotify that I did not create, but I uh, agreed to, signed up to. Follow? Followed, yes, thank you. Um, that is I agreed, solely, I consented to this playlist. I, I did, that is solely the soundtrack to Vampire the Masquerade Bloodlines, and it's like only six or seven songs but they are all bangers. Yeah. I also have, uh, related to my gay thing, but not gay, I have to tell you that um, last night we spent a decent amount of time at dinner on the official Fago website mm. and learned a lot. Um, Aaron didn't seem pleased by that. Oh, you, just you wait. Just it's, you wait. It's a fucking trip. I bet it is. Uh, so, yeah, then there's, there's, oh gosh, there's so many other things that I wanted to talk about, but I am completely blanking on all of them. So this is the, the, the games, the uh -huh. games I played this week. Good, thanks. Good, thanks. What games are you playing this week, Hannah? Um, I purchased Beat Saber, the game made specifically for me, and yes. the game that I've been waiting for all my whole life. Mm-hmm. So it's a motion-heavy uh, beat-matching game that is not going to destroy my knees in the way that my um, Dance Dance Revolution career did. Mm, career. So, yeah, well. You can make money. I fucking wish. Um, so, uh, so I've been playing a little bit of Beat Saber, but it's really hard to play during the day because we don't have curtains in our living room and the... Uh, PS4 camera gets messed up by with all that light. sunlight. Yeah, fun so, fact, if you come by our house, you can literally see everything we're doing at any point. Well, maybe don't tell people that. They don't know where we live. We have, okay, that's fair. Um, if you could find a house in Denver sure, that has no curtains, you'll know. I mean, people could know. probably trace the IP address of the recording or something. I don't know. Whatever. Whatever, I don't care. And uh, so it's really, really fun. I got a little frustrated trying to play it in the day because my, like, lightsaber kept, like, jumping far away from where my hand was because it kept, like, not being able to accurately read where I was. So I'm really excited when it gets dark or when we hang curtains to play more of that mm. game. It's mm -hmm. really fucking fun. It looks really fun. Um, it's brilliantly fun. I've played some Moss. The very good VR game about the cutest little mouse in the I'm world. I'm so stoked to talk about Moss, dude. I have so much to say. Yeah, Moss is great. I've played the first couple hours. Kai's played more. 
Um, I have been playing Su- Super Smash Bros. on the Spirits mode. That reminds me. I played Mario Party. Yes, we've played Mario. We yeah. played Mario Party with uh, our roommate Henry and some other friends. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, I've been. I'm amazed that I've found so much time to play video games because we've been rehearsing for provisioning, and I've been at work, and it's been a whole thing. You've also been staying up really fucking late. Yeah, to talk to a girl. Uh huh. Um. So that's the games. That I've been playing this week. Wonderful. I bought some other games too. I bought a bunch of games yeah. responsibly. There was a big uh, sale. I think it's actually still going on. There's a big sale. On I think it ends on the Plus. 5th. So as you're, you're listening to this, it's still going on. Uh, there's a big uh, PlayStation sale if you have PlayStation Plus. And uh, so I bought a, got, I bought a lot of games for not very much money. I got finally bought Shadow of the Tomb Raider because mm-hmm. it was half off. And I got... Uh, I, fi- I have... I bought... Um, I still haven't played Transistor, and I've owned it for years on Steam, mm. but I know I'm going to be more likely to play it on a console, so sure. I bought it for like $4 for PS4. I know I'm going to love it. A Bastion is maybe my favorite game of all time, so I know. And I bought Pyre for the PS4 also. because I'm curious about that. Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, anything that's... Uh, uh, I almost... Yeah, it is super giant. Anything that Super Giant Games makes is brilliant. They're so good at making video games. And... That's the people who made Bastion. Um, I bought... I think those are all the things that I bought. There's some really interesting looking little indie games on there. Oh, I bought Borderlands 2 VR. Yeah. Which I had to... I apparently found out that I thought I bought a one terabyte PS4 Slim used, but I got conned and it's actually 500 gigabytes. So I've already filled that. Oops. And so I bought another 500 gigabyte... um, like an external hard drive. Yeah, thank goodness. Because I had to delete some games in order to play Moss last night. You did? Yeah. It was already installed. Well, yeah, but you can't. The PS3, the PS4 has this weird thing where you can't continue playing a game that's already installed if you don't have more space for that's it. Stupid. It's really stupid. So I just deleted some games that we hadn't played yet that I figured we would reinstall on the external hard drive. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. Um, that's dumb. So look out for that. Folks. Yeah, so make sure if you're buying a PS4 used that it's actually one terabyte. Um, I don't support GameStop as an institution because of the recent Kingdom Hearts PS4 scandal and everything that they've been doing for the I don't past know while. about the recent Kingdom Hearts oh, PS4 so scandal. Oh, so GameStop had this thing where you could pre-order a special PS4 that had like Kingdom Hearts 3 designs and stuff and you yeah. would get the game and it was like the special deal and a lot of people sold their PlayStation 4s in order to have the money to purchase this special bundle. And GameStop has started reaching out to people saying you will not be getting the bundle because we don't have enough. Here's a $25 GameStop gift card. What the which fuck? Which is less than a quarter of the value of oh, significantly the PS4 less. Bundle. It's like a sixth. So people are just getting horrifically ripped off with this whole deal. Yeah. And I found this out after I went to fucking GameStop to buy a used piece that was so much cheaper Wait, at GameStop. Have they, have they already paid? Yeah, these people have already paid full, full, yep, yep, GameStop pretty much just stole their money. According to what I know, GameStop just stole their money. Well, they, yeah, they're going to get, they can't, yeah, they can't do that, they'll get sued. I think that there might have been something, I would assume that there must have been something in the clause that was like, you should look this story up because it's really interesting. I mean, it's got to be like on back order. Yeah, yeah, something like that, but I, I have, I have no idea. Either way, GameStop is calling people and saying, you're not getting your bundle and people are very upset about it. Well, yeah, no shit. Also... 
this is not, yes, what GameStop is doing is evil and horrible. If you are the dumb shit who sold your already existing PS4 so that you could get a special anime PS4, my sympathy for you is less than it would be if you hadn't done that. I hard disagree. I think that somebody who is passionate enough about a video game that wants a console that is specific to that video game deserves to be able to sell their currently existing video game console in exchange for that new fancy fun console. I just think it's silly. It does the same thing. Just put a sticker on I it. I think it's extravagant, but I don't think that it's wrong. I think it's silly. I think you're silly. I mean, yeah, but... I could see you doing something like this. Oh, I would never do that. I would never sell a game console so I could buy a new game console with the right branding. I cannot see myself doing this. I could see you doing something that is the equivalent of this. I mean, maybe, but I don't tend to spend money outrageously extravagantly on things I already have. Unless it's just like buying more hummus because I keep forgetting I have hummus. So, so it looks like they canceled the orders and returned the money, and then on top of that, gave them a twenty-five dollar. Okay, because there coupon. are some people who are saying that they didn't get their money back. I I have a hard time believing that because I can guarantee that uh, somebody at GameStop would be in jail. Yeah, for that's fraud. that's pretty much yeah. illegal. I, I yeah. no, it's not pretty much. It's entirely it's, the it's reason. The illegal. reason why I thought this was the case was I uh, I listened to this podcast called The Read, which is very good, and they talk about video games sometimes because Kid Fury, who is on the podcast, plays a lot of video games, and now Crystal is playing a lot of video games too. And Kid Fury was very upset um, about this GameStop thing with the console, and what my understanding was is that people weren't getting their money back. Right, but that was your understanding based on listening to one podcast, yes. which is not a research-based no, podcast. No, I said this might not be true, but this is something that people are upset about. Oh, yeah, about. no, there's no way. Like, yeah, like Aaron said, people will be in prison for fraud already yes. if that Well, happens. either way, people are upset about this whole situation. Yeah, so... I'd be pissed. Yeah. I would be very pissed, Because they're not getting Kingdom Hearts 3. Well, they can... Here's what I'm saying. They can just buy a regular PlayStation. Yeah. Or they could have kept their PlayStation in the first place and, bought and just Hearts bought 3. Kingdom no, Hearts not, 3. No, you're not. You're not wrong. I just know a lot of people um, also pre-ordered Kingdom Hearts 3 in multiple places to ensure that they would actually get Kingdom Hearts 3. I mean, they were always going to get it. No, I know. You I'm can just, just buy saying. the game digitally. It doesn't even have to physically exist. Listen. I don't fucking... This whole thing... The, the the fuzzy thing? No, no the, the, the situation, the not the fuzzy it's thing. Right. The fuzzy tug, thing's you great. You tug on the fuzzy thing yeah, at the same time. Assume. There's a fuzzy thing on our mic. Yeah. Um, My plosives. Well, now they get $400 back, and that $400 could go to buying a new PlayStation 4, probably used and probably, yeah. probably for a lot used. cheaper. Or they could rethink their life, seeing how GameStop has screwed them over. Now... Uh, and, and they, have $400 they, and they should have, be they careful of getting ripped off and getting a 500 gigabyte PS4 Slim. Yeah, but instead even then, of a one terabyte, that's fine. PS4 but I still Slim. spent less on my PS4. It's like not a real problem because I spent no, like thirty dollars on not. a new extended, whatever, um, external hard drive. Yeah, yeah. And I spent like maybe three hundred dollars tops on my used PS4 Slim. So, all things considered, I still still spent much less than a new PS4 or a stupid Kingdom Hearts 3 PS4 bundle. Now, well, listen, anyway, people are mad if you're not getting the Kingdom Hearts If you're listening to this podcast and you are the person who sold your console... I don't think you're stupid. ...full of games to buy a special console... The games console. stay in the cloud. I know, I understand that. But you sold your accident console, presumably just didn't have a PS4 for a little while... 
and threw all your eggs into the Kingdom Hearts 3 basket, which you should know after 13 years is a bad basket, um, I am disappointed in you. I think you're fine. I I feel bad that GameStop ripped you off. Well, yeah, and also you trusted GameStop, which you should know after all this time is a bad deal. I did just recently trust GameStop. You didn't. You just bought an item from GameStop that's different than, like, trusting GameStop for a big... Haven't they had pre-order scandals in the past where they, like, have fucked up shit before? I Isn't GameStop, like, notor- say notoriously sure, incompetent? I think you might be right. I'm pretty sure GameStop is so just anyway, notoriously Hannah. shitty. <laughs> so all I'm saying is if you trusted GameStop and you sold your PS4 so that you could have a special PS4, even though you could have just put a sticker on your existing PS4 and just bought the game and already had it on the day... I am disappointed in you. You made a really bad series of life decisions. Well, you just asked me what the gayest thing I did this week Kai, was because when I ask you, you're going to go on for a while. Kai, what's the gayest thing you've done this week? Um, I'm thank you for asking. I uh, I don't remember. I think probably... Well... <laughs> <laughs> Fuck! 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 <laughs> I think probably... I know, no, no, I remembered. I remembered. It's fine. I thought it was funnier if I just said that I didn't remember so I could buy myself some time. Thank you. I think um, the gayest thing that I've done this week is have an exceptionally, exceptionally difficult time in my personal life and my relationships with people. And as a result, just start fixing my house around me. Like, I have had so many house projects that I've been putting off for something like two years, and I just recently rewired a lamp, I hung some curtains, I am, like, reorganizing and, like, I don't know, repainting some stuff and just, like, fixing fixing things because it, literally everything is crumbling around me. So I'm very well, stoked that... Uh, well, that's how it feels. No, I know. So I'm cool. very stoked that I'm able to do all of those things and that that feels like a very like specifically um butch lesbian activity oh absolutely of being too closed off emotionally and having like relationship problems as a result and then instead of dealing with that or talking about that or in addition to dealing with that and talking about that fucking uh repairing shit and being like let's get this house together like let me let me do a project no, absolutely, yeah. That it's. I think that's a very classic, like, stone butch lesbian experience. I'm not saying you are a stone butch. I'm just saying I'm really... I'm not stone. not. I'm, well, you might be a little stony right now. Uh, I think you can, personally, I think you can flow in and out of being stone. Oh, definitely. I think that that's something that a lot of uh, butches experience throughout their life. Mm-hmm. I'm reading Stone Butch Blues right now, so I feel like I'm an authority. I've read Stone Butch Blues so seven times. times. I'm going to, can I tell you something that you're no. going to be disappointed by? I'm having a little bit of trouble getting through it. Really? Because, well, when I, so when I very first started reading it, I was enraptured. And I think that a lot, what if they, a lot of what they had to say at the beginning of the book was really, really compelling. And I feel like the meat of the middle of the book is getting a little bit repetitive. Like, I just feel like it's a little bit of a slog through. And then this other miserable situation happened to me. And then this other miserable situation happened to me, which I understand is like realistic. But I just think it's 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 bogging me down a little bit in the middle section. So it's it's bumming me out, so it's hard for me to get through. That's fair that it's bumming you out. Part of the reason why I um the first time I read Stone Butch Blues, I 
was still in college and I was like, I had been sent it by my ex-partner, like a digital copy of it by my ex-partner, which if that's not the gayest thing you've ever heard, fucking tell me what it is. Um, And I was like on my laptop and I just started reading it because I think I was just kind of looking for something to read. And I thought like, oh, it'll be like, I'll just read it for like an hour and then I'll go to bed Um, because it was like 7 p.m. or something. Uh, and I just kept reading and I kept reading until I finished. And then suddenly it was 6 a.m. And I like stepped outside into the like cold, like kind of drizzly dawn. And I just like smoked a cigarette and drank some coffee. And I was like, damn, you know, like, damn. Oh, totally. That's the way to read so much blues. Yes. It, um, I, I agree that the middle part is painful to get through because of, just the main character's experiences throughout that time, especially because of the fact that I think something that, um, oh, I'm trying to remember the word for how lesbians do relationships. It's not serial monogamy, but it's something like that where we don't necessarily do the thing that is expected of heterosexual people where they find one partner and stay with them forever because, you know, heterosexual marriage or whatever, whatever. It's very common in lesbian culture to have relate like this is documented by a lot of researchers and individuals in the community who have experienced this um we date somebody for a pretty long amount of time like two years five years seven years 13 years like a long time and that relationship ends for one reason or another like a lack of sexual attraction or becoming closer as friends or like you know unresolvable communication issues or something and we remain close to that person and then have another long-term relationship or another short-term relationship or series of short-term relationships. And that's pretty much what Jess does for the middle part of the book. I mean, kind of. They mostly are just with Teresa. Yes. Um, you'll, 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 see, you'll see more later, but like Jess goes through these series of interesting and unique relationships because of their standpoint as kind of a lesbian or as a stone butch. And then as a stone butch in a different way and and like yeah. the relationships with other human beings it's not just romantic relationships oh, okay, that they're gotcha. experiencing yeah, yeah, yeah. it's also just these no that i'm I not totally even get. just talking romantic relationships i'm saying like lesbians and i guess i'll just say sapphic people but i also don't want to speak to the experience of bisexuals because i haven't necessarily lived that um but a lot of times historically we've been the same people um is will will have these like really really important romantic or platonic relationships for like long periods of time and then those will end for one reason or another and then we deal with that no that makes sense uh i'm just i just find it not the most i there's parts of it that are really engaging read and there's parts of it where i'm like okay i get it i mean uh, i i just i disagree i think no that's fair i'm not trying to convince yeah i know you're anything. not i'm just saying like it's hard for me to get through yeah i believe in you the ending is quite worth it yeah no i i enjoy it in its way it's just hard for me to like like when i'm kind of stuck in the mire of this misery point in the book it's hard for me to want to like sit down and dedicate a lot of time to reading it because it's going to make me feel not great I've got to tell you, I know I just, I literally just said this, but once you get to the last bit, it's going to feel really good. Okay. I believe you. So Hannah, what's the gayest thing you've done this week besides this conversation? I 
had a date, actually. It's several dates since we last recorded. Just like last week, you had two dates since we last spoke. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And not we last spoke, but we, the podcast, last spoke. The podcast last spoke. Hannah and I have spoken multiple times. Yeah, last time we recorded was uh, uh, mere hours, or not even, after um, Bonadette uh, uh, watched or eavesdropped on my date. Not purposefully, yes. (laughs) Accidental, accidental Well, they know this. It becomes purposeful after a little bit of time. I think it becomes after, socially awkward. After you you initially know the person is there and make the choice after 20 minutes or so not to go say hi, you are then purposely eavesdropping on All the right, date. All right, fair. Um, which is not a bad thing. I'm not mad at them. No, I know. It's just, it's just the facts of the situation, and I don't think she'd disagree. So anyway, uh, I had a second date. That I was accidentally 45 minutes late, too, because I woke up when it was supposed to be starting. It was a brunch date. I distinctly remember at 9.30 in the morning, because you were supposed to be there at 10, I was like, geez, Hannah should be up by now. I wonder if I should wake her up. Oh, well, she probably wouldn't want me to. Yeah, and now we talked about it. Um, and it's not your, like, obligation, but next time you're going to No, but me I mean, up. it's not inconvenient for me to wake you up. Yep. So we had our second brunch date. Uh, she was totally fine. She had a book, so she was totally fine with the fact that I was late. She's also <laughs> an Aquarius. And then we had our third date last night, mm-hmm. and we went roller skating okay. for a long period of time. Okay. I discovered that there is a whole roller skate, roller rink-like subculture in Denver, where at Skate City, which is a uh, chain of local skate rinks where I used to go on field trips when I was a kid, and where my stepbrother used to play um, roller hockey when we were kids, and they have adult skate nights where it's just 18 and up. Uh, the one that we went to, it's every Thursday, but like some of them have every Tuesday or whatever. And that there's just this whole community of people who are really enthusiastic about roller skating, who just like go and chill and skate in circles for hours every couple nights a week. And it's delightful and wholesome. Um, so we went to that and then we went to, uh, late night dinner snacks and coffee. Dinner (laughs) snacks. You know, the usual, the thing yeah. that, that, that's also gay. I think dinner snacks and brunch are gay. Oh, meals. totally, yeah. Meals, yeah, brunch or having some sort of dinner at 11 p.m. are the gayest In meals. In between things, yeah. Yeah. And uh, we spent a lot of time talking about, our, we're theorizing about the L Word sequel that's that was coming the, out. it's not a sequel they said they called it a sequel it's are you not serious a they called it's it a sequel. sequel i thought it was a reboot okay that, no, it's that's not a the reboot. other thing that i want to talk not, about they're with not you today starting the over from, coming yeah, back i didn't think they were starting over. over from scratch but i did not realize that you could use the term sequel to refer to a television show well yeah when it comes after the plot comes after it's a new season of the l word that continues I the plot yes so finish your thing finish your story so we talked about that a lot, and mm-hmm. we um, talked about elaborate surrealist bits we want to do at restaurants. That's fun. And we, uh, we're on the Fago official website yeah, for a long time. Yeah, you did mention time, that. I don't. Was a trip. Were you talking about Juggalos? How did I that even happen? I think it started happen? talking about Juggalos. I don't remember, but. That's uh, kind of often how Fago like, comes up. We're like, well, I want to know what the flavors of Fago are called. So I went on the Fago website, what and the Fago called, website Hannah? is wild. And it has, I'll get back to my date. But the, my favorite thing about the about Fago as a brand and the Fago website is there is nary a peep of a mention of Juggalos anywhere on the site. Well, they can't be obvious about about their support. 
Well, I don't. Here's the thing. I don't think Fago supports Juggalos. I think Juggalos Fago knows support. that Juggalos are their main supporters. Well, yeah, it's, so they they're keeping them alive them. pretty much single-handedly. And Juggalos are providing them are, with uh, hydration. Well, that's. I a mean, Fago is single-handedly Fago keeping Juggalos alive, and Juggalos are single-handedly keeping Fago, Fago alive. Work. I think it's a but, symbiotic relationship. But Fago, in its branding. Uh, appears to be trying to distance itself from juggalos as much as humanly possible or juggalos it's i mean it's 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 really funny so anyway uh and then uh but wait what are the flavors Uh, there's a lot (laughs) most of them are actually pretty regular it's like root beer and just like great sprite and shit and like grape but then there's like red pop which is strawberry so some of them have fun names but most of them are pretty normal that's unfortunate so it's like a pretty regular names. soda company actually mm. was that's, the disappointing thing um they have a there's a history section where it has like important moments in fago history that's great fago was originally started by some russian immigrants in 1902 and they were 1902? To, yeah, they were Fuck trying right to off. translate uh, their frosting flavors that they were making into soda. So that's, that's... That sounds more effective than you would suspect, I think. Well, I, yeah. Um, so, yeah, <laughs> Fago's been around for a long-ass time. I had no idea. I didn't either. I, I learned a lot about Fago last night. Was this night. like a 1.0 website or like a 2.0? It was like surprisingly modern. It wasn't very good. Like it didn't work that well on mobile, but it was like a very... I don't know the words that you're saying, but it was a very like modern looking and like clean cut website. It was very funny. It's had, really like, good. Its sleeves rolled up all nice and like yeah. a little so high go to the Fago website in. if you want to learn a lot. It's a trip. Yeah. So anyway, then she drove me home and then we kissed. Great. It was really great. Wow. I've already fulfilled my twenty by teen goal. Yeah, of, of kissing somebody. Of kissing great a lady. That's so easy. Congratulations. She's really, really cool. You got some applause. Thank you, Erin. Um, she's really cool. Great. So hopefully it continues to go well. I will endeavor to make it so. Mm-hmm. Okay, you don't seem like you want to hear me talk about my date very much. I mean, I'm just listening. Okay, fair. Um, yeah, that's what I have to say about Fago and my date. Do you want to talk about the L word a little I bit? I do want to talk about the L word a little bit because something that Hannah and I have endeavored to do this year is finish season six of the L word, which we had elected not to do after reading some of the summaries of season six, which entailed a horrific storyline for Max. Um, yeah. A horrific storyline for Jenny, who at one point had a very good redemption arc and was dealing with her trauma and was like, this is my identity and like reclaiming aspects of like her Jewish identity and shit and like yeah, being but really then cool. Four and, and then five there was happened. like abruptly because the the way that I'm sorry to interrupt. No, you. you're fine. Keep going. The way that Elward does quote unquote character development and quote unquote plot drama is to take everything that they've done with a character and then compl- in the next season completely do the opposite just thing. Just throw it out the window. Yeah, just and to completely do something throw else. all yeah. their previous character or work. alternatively throw it in the pool. Yeah. In the yeah, throw it face down in the swimming pool. Yeah, and then um, do just a completely just use the shell the shell of this person, but give them completely different personalities. I'm hoping this equal to the L word provides more character continuity and also just allows everyone to be who they were in season three, which is arguably the best season for Shane and Jenny and everyone. Yeah, except for when Shane fucks Sherry Jaffe because she's sad about Carmen. And I, then Shane leaves Carmen at the altar. There is some discussion dad. in the sapphic community 
that Carmen is emotionally manipulative of Shane. I disagree completely. I think Carmen is the only good person on that entire show. You watched it. I know. I'm just saying that there's discussion of it. I'm just I'm just bringing up ideas and concepts. Yeah, but I think that's a bad idea and concept. Okay, listen. I'm just I'm just paying more attention to the I L word that's, community. That's a little bit of like there's there's this obsession that some lesbians that Shane is cool and with, good have the L word that Shane yeah. is cool or that like like you can't speak ill of the L word. Even though it's a garbage show. It's a show. bad show. Like, like there's some things where, like, everybody's going to hate Jenny no matter what, even though for two seasons she had a lot of decent character development. Yeah, she was doing well. Really cool. My favorite, one of my favorite scenes in The L Word of all time is when Jenny is in that, I believe it is a strip club, when Jenny is in that strip club and takes off her clothes and on her is written, oh, God, what is it? Like, let me look it I up. I don't remember. It's, it's really good. We can keep talking as okay. I'm looking it up. We don't have to just stop. <laughs> no, but there's like there's like fixed opinions of some L word characters, and that even if p- parts of the show contradict that. Careful now, careful! Oh my god! Is it this noise bad? Yeah, I'm so sorry. I think it's your cell phone service, Kai. I think it is too, because I had it on um, uh, airplane mode, and it wasn't having any issues. This is yeah. an important Google though. Um, and there's like fixed opinions of some Elward characters that where if you like they're, they're just certain aspects of the Sapphic community will just brook no nuance. So like Shane must be very cool and therefore Carmen must be the problem. It can't be that Shane is actually one of the worst people in the entire world and that Carmen was good and that Shane fucked up completely and, and totally and forever. I can't find it, but okay. Jenny... <laughs> it's like- I'm so sorry. Yeah, Jenny just I, I has something fully, like feminist. I fully agree. Yeah, body. she had something feminist written on her body that was like, "Touch me, touch you," or like, I don't know. Probably <laughs> like, not that. Erin like, <laughs> is so exhausted. I'm making Erin really tired. Um, like. No, it's not you. It's this. It's this fucking show. Like yeah. something. Uh, I remember Erin <laughs> like walking downstairs a lot of times when we were watching the L word and sometimes getting drunk with us and watching the L word and having similar exclamations of just why. Yeah, Erin would get as mad at the show as to the point where he had to stop watching it. Like I very yeah. distinctly remember a cutoff point where Erin stopped engaging with us <laughs> watching the L word and he was like, "No, thank you for this." But anyway, well, Jenny Aaron had a pretty cool ha- feminist isn't arc. Legally obligated to watch it in the way that we are. Like, no, the existence of the L word and our need to watch it as required reading is uh, uh, some sort of penance. I was trying to be supportive, that's all. He's trying to be a good ally. I'm just saying that um, like, you, had, you had the ability to quit and my so we, I supported your ability to do so. is that the gods and goddesses punished us go. for being lesbians. No, it can't be that. With the L word. The, most of the gods and goddesses were well, uh, were lesbians. And they also were punished with the L word. I'm just saying that there must be something terrible that we all did as a community in past lives and our penance, (laughs) our our, our repentance is uh, uh, our pain tithe is we have to watch the L word and talk about it. Because it is, at its best, an extremely entertaining show, if nothing else. It's a good soap opera, but it has such bad representation. Anyway, so Hannah and I are planning watching season six this year before the sequel happens. Um, So what we talked about last night... This is, we're going to talk a little bit about VR, but this is going to end up being a really L word centric episode. I guess it is. Because the big gay news just dropped. I know, it was just so the other day. So maybe what we can do is just talk about our gay topic this week. No, no, no. I have a VR gay topic next, next week. week. I want to okay. talk about VR. Anyway, uh, that um, I wonder if 
the L word reboot or not reboot sequel is going to be as wildly problematic as the previous I seasons. I wonder that too. Like, I wonder if it will have, because I, I follow, so Bet, uh, Shane, and Alice um, have signed back on mm-hmm. to both be executive producers and to reprise their roles. Mm-hmm. So, Alicia Haley and Jennifer Beals and um, Kate Moaning mm-hmm. are back in the action. Back in the action with back the L black. word. Back, um, back in black. Full throttle. And so and I follow all of them on Instagram and oh, they yeah. seem like pretty okay people. I they mean seem it's hard to tell from s- social media, but no, just not about that. Oh, just in yeah, general. They seem, I, I don't what know. What I'm saying is in general they seem like pretty okay people and like the actress Mia Kirshner who played Jenny seems like a really cool person. So they it's been ten years. Wow. They seem to have evolved and grown with the times and like at the time, like None of them were really even allowed to be out. I don't think Jennifer Beals is gay, but like, uh, like Kate Moaning wasn't even really allowed to be out when the L word was on TV, even though she's the most obvious lesbian. Well, I mean, Alicia even Haley in the early two thousands, you weren't really allowed to be out in right. Hollywood. Uh, that's what now. I'm saying. Is well, now you can. Now people are coming out left and still right. Still harder. Well, yeah, but still people are coming out left no, and right. Like are. every third famous actor is gay nowadays. So I think that's an oversimplification. Well, yeah, but I, a lot of them. I know. I understand. It's an oversimplification. All right. So, um, I am just curious whether, like, because they're executive producers, right? So they have like creative Power, control, yeah. and I am wondering what it will be like if they present a nuanced and evolved L word. Because when the L word came out, it was groundbreaking because it was groundbreaking just to have a show about lesbians on there TV. There were never lesbians about, there were, okay, Ellen was There were was never lesbians television. about shows. There were never, there were never lesbians about shows and there were never shows about lesbians. It was a reciprocal process. Um, when Ellen came out, she was just banned from television altogether. Right, yeah, um, she lost her sitcom because and she, she was too gay for, for TV, quote unquote, or whatever. And the L word was one of the first times that lesbians had actual stories told about lesbians that were uh, like, you know, influenced. Horrifying. In, what? Horrifying. That were horrifying Offensive, for lesbians, but terrible. like it wasn't just sexualization of our bodies. It was a lot of that. It was a lot of that, but there were also stories that I that even when we were watching this horrible show, I was like, "That's happened to me." Yeah. I was like, "I've experienced that in my real life." Yeah. It was like I mean, it's the way that we live, you know. Yeah, and love. And love. And um, we're laughing, we're crying, we're fighting, we're fucking. We're drinking. We're drinking, we're reading, we're dreaming. I'm, I'm just living, laughing, and loving over here. Yeah. yeah. We all are. We're eating, praying, and loving. No, no <laughs> okay. Well, um, but I'm, 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 so I'm oh, curious so now that, again, just having a show about lesbians is in no way particularly like radical or groundbreaking or revolutionary. I still think it is. I don't, it's just not anymore. It just simply isn't because there's, there's a lot TV, like, yes, there's a lot of TV not doing it, but there's a lot of TV doing a lot in terms of like queer representation now that didn't exist when the L word was on. Yes. And a lot of those shows that are having good queer representation are getting taken off the air and are not being watched enough and are not being supported enough to continue being shows like there's wonderful shows about queer people right now like the bisexual is an incredible television show that everybody should be watching there is a lot of queer presentation in shows but there are still very few shows that dedicatedly are about solely queer people's lives like the unique thing about the l word and i guess shows like the bisexual also is that you know you have shows like um supergirl or whatever or uh why Wy- wyona Arp. Oh, no. is that what it is 
I don't know. Winona, Carry on. Are, like you, I don't know anything. Um, and or Grey's Anatomy, and they're not. Oh wow, I could smell that, Aaron. And they're not focusing on queer people. They have some queer, queer characters. characters. Yeah. It's not like these are queer people's lives. It's like look at these queer people thrown in these often right. heterosexual situations or like right. surrounded by their heterosexual coworkers. I don't give a shit about that. I do care about the queer characters individually. I'm very dedicated to the queer characters. However, I think the unique thing about these shows is that they're bringing our culture to us. Like that's so good cuz I can't watch Grey's Anatomy and be like, "Oh yeah, that's my culture. I don't, yeah, that's a good way of looking at it. I don't disagree. I was thinking more along the lines of like Steven Universe, which is the queerest show. That's the thing. Of um, all time. It, it's, it's very different when there are like these, uh, I feel like Steven Universe is very popular and the queer show of all time, but I still feel like it's fringe. And it's not like the L word's not going to be fringe, but it's like. No, yeah, the L word is wildly, wildly popular among the people that we know, which are sapphics. There's still going to be more people, I think, watching the L word sequel than there are who are watching Steven Universe. I disagree. I think Steven Universe has a much has a much broader appeal. It's on a major network, mm-hmm. whereas, like, L Word is going to be on Showtime. It's going to be on a subscription That's fair. service. I mean... Steven Universe is a big... It's it's not that fringe. Like, it's a very popular television show. Maybe I'll say it's a different um, audience group. A group. A different audience will be watching the L Word than will be watching yes, Steven Universe. Yes, but I think... people like, It'll be more like, older lesbians. appeal-wise... There's it has lot, less of it. You're right. There's a there's a lot of kids who watch Steven Universe. Like Steven Universe appeals to a broad age range. That's and true. And is a hugely popular television show with like merchandising and what have you. Whereas the L word is gonna be fairly fringe by virtue of being popular with a certain subset of people and be, but being on a subscription network. I just am excited specifically for to adults that specific type of representation coming back to me again because. I can watch Steven Universe and be like, oh, yeah, that's me. That's my experience, especially with this newest special. Oh, my God. It is literally the trans experience. Um, But with the L word, it's like those messy, shitty situations that happen when you're a lesbian. But badly written. That's what I'm saying. It's really badly represented. All I want for the new L word is for there to be a trans woman on it. There won't. All there I want be. for the L word is for there to be a non-binary person. There probably on it. won't. But that's what I'm saying is like, will it have evolved with the times? Or, I don't fucking know. Uh, uh, the person, I'm just telling you what I want. Um, uh, the person with whom I was on the date, uh, her theory is that it will go way too far in the other direction and just completely like tokenize people in the way that it'll just be like. Like, the planet will hire only trans servers and, like... That would be so tight. Which would be tight, but I, she just fears that it will go way too hard in the other direction and try too hard to be inclusive and be offensive in that way. You know what I mean? I would Like, be, I think there's a way that you try way too no, hard to be inclusive. No, I fully agree. I would be curious what it ends up being, uh, and I would love to have a conversation with you and your date and every other sapphic person we know that's just a round table... I, I legitimately want to hold a salon. No, I genuinely want to hold a salon, That's all of our sapphic too. friends in a room talking about our, our L word Why theories. are we not? Okay, we'll plan this later. So I'm going to interrupt us. It does sound great. No. We should absolutely do a And Aaron, salon. you can obviously come. Yeah, we can do different salons for other discussion topics, but this one's got to be sapphics talking it's, about sapphics. Yeah. yeah. I really like that. I, I, <laughs> I'm not sorry. I just would really love if, like... 
maybe playing stick poke prod could start putting on salon pop-up things around Denver. Oh, my God. I really, really enjoy that. That'd be fucking so cool. So genius. Okay, Okay, write that down. Write that down, producer Aaron. Aaron. Um, uh, Aaron's beverage mistake, by the way, is he got some uh, Einstein's old, coffee. Old whiskey. Which Einstein's coffee is like fine. It's fine. And it's he fine. took some Caribou. some extremely old, bad cinnamon maple oat. S- cinnamon, no, maple C- cinnamon. Oh, right. Cinnamon oat. Oat wouldn't make any sense. Sorry, yes. continue. Uh, yeah, uh, oat whiskey might be interesting, though. I don't know if you can, you can uh, chemically do that, but it would be interesting. So anyway, uh, maple cinnamon whiskey that tastes a little like bile. It is really, really bad whiskey. Mm-hmm. And he put it into his mediocre coffee, and he's, he's real upset about it. We have coffee. Was, we do have coffee. You can stop. You always you have to do is try. You don't have to do it the whole time. You don't have to keep going. I really don't. No, I will not think any Nobody's going to make you drink something in this household. I think one of our I I one of our house beliefs is that you, you don't have to finish anything you what don't would like. Be more disappointing, do you think, if I do finish it or if I don't? If you do finish it, is going to be more disappointing to me because you're going to have a headache. Here's the thing: if you do finish it, uh-huh. you're going to be more disappointed. If, if you do finish it, you're going to be more disappointed in yourself, and that's important. I think that's incorrect. Well, I don't think you should finish it because it's really gross. <laughs> right. All he needed is validation. He just needed permission. So, so what I'm gonna I'm gonna cut us off from our yeah, hour we should talk pivot here. With that, and I'm we should gonna pivot and talk about virtual reality. So I'm gonna do a quick cross podcast promotion oh, before oh, yeah. we and then uh, we'll finish. Go talk about so Tabletop Pollock is a diverse actual play podcast showcasing the wide world of pen and paper role playing games. Whether you're an experienced player or a newbie, you're welcome to sit at our table and see what we brought to the potluck. I love Tabletop Potluck. I think they're an amazing podcast, and it's amazing people involved in it. Um, a lot of them are queer. A lot of them are just out there just, just slaying these characters slaying and just slaying the Being game. Gay. Making funny jokes about Bernadette, our wonderful guest. Yeah, um, about, and their ability to lick. Just them. being a true delight. Yeah. Um, and, I, and I so appreciate a podcast Something that I didn't have never talked about with Tabletop Potluck that I love is that they have a lot of people who aren't men playing pen and paper role-playing games because I think that's something that pen and paper role-playing games have traditionally been very exclusionary towards is people who aren't men, um, which includes the category of women, believe it or not. What? Um, I know. Uh, because a lot of these games have sexist rules and, yeah. like, sexism in the creation of them, and I just think I'm just so tired of that. Like, I remember playing Dungeons & Dragons as, like, a teenage girl and being like, I don't necessarily know if this DM or these rules were made for me. Totally. The new D&D 5E specifically states in the beginning that the gender of your character has no effect oh, yeah. on I mean, your character. I was playing, like, three... Back totally. then, like it was a very different time of pen and play- paper, pen and paper role playing mm-hmm. games, um, and I think that we've come so far, you know, with a lot of games. But I just think that it's so exciting to see people who aren't men being represented Absolutely. playing these games that have traditionally been very exclusionary towards them. And I also think that they're not very inclusionary towards queer people a lot of the time, so oh, totally. or people of color or anything really. So it's pretty tight that like these people are like, hey. We love these games, and we're going to play them. Fuck you, or Fuck maybe you. thank you for writing in representation <laughs> for us. I don't know. Either way, cool. Tight. Also, one of them said that for $1,000, Bernadette could lick them. And all I'm saying to that person is, I would pay Bernadette to lick me. 
I I just don't you just don't know what you're dealing with. I would think. keep money uninvolved in the situation. <laughs> anyway. I'd maybe I buy sh- Bernadette out of coffee and talk about it. <laughs> well yeah. <laughs> um That's on brand. Thank you. Yeah. For both is. of us, I yeah, think. Yeah, it is. Um, so we're going to talk about, about virtual reality, yeah. my favorite kind of reality. So something that we have um, invested in is a virtual reality system, which I know all of you know at this point. Um, we're definitely not bragging about it. I think we're very financially lucky that we're able to afford to have this Yeah, and well, play you with saved it. up like crazy to buy it. Yeah, I saved up like crazy, but still the fact that I was able to save anything up from a month-to-month basis is quite lucky. Um, and it is really fucking cool. Like, I had absolutely zero expectations going in with it, but I've got to tell you, the first time that I put it over my head, number one, looked like a huge dingus. No matter what you do, you're going to look like a dingus when you're using the virtual reality. Number two, I was completely enraptured in the game. Like, I felt like... I hate the book Ready Player One with every single part of me. I have written a review of Ready Player One that I am looking to publish about about how how bad it is. If you are a publisher, fucking hit me up because it's a really good review. And I cite a lot of sources, but it's such a bad fucking book. Um, But it reminds me exactly of what I first pictured when reading the experience of getting into the virtual reality. Like you put it over your head and instantly you're in the fucking virtual reality. And I never thought that in my lifetime... I would get to put something on my head and be a little doofus, you know? I mean, you could put a lot of things over your head and be a little doofus. Which I do on a very regular basis, but, like, and be, like, in that, in, in that virtual VR. reality. Like, it, it was just so no, surprising. No, wild. Um, oh, excuse me. Sorry, everybody. Um, yeah, I knew it was going to be cool because I knew one or two other people who had, I knew, like, one other person who has it. But it is... Even so much cooler than I thought it was going to be. It is amazingly cool. It just blows my mind. I know that like Griffin has talked about this a little bit on Wonderful, but it blows my mind that not only is virtual reality here and I mean expensive, but otherwise like accessible. Like, like I, not, I I did not have to pay like a hundred thousand dollars to no, get this. No, you don't. Ring. Yeah, it, it's it's not only here, but it's really good. Yeah, and all things considered, pretty inexpensive for what it is. Like. It's something that is so good that at this point in our history, I would have expected it to be like, oh, VR exists, but you have to have like $1,000 to be able to get it. Or you have to have like a power glove on every part of your body. Yeah, you have to like have like $1,000 and like an expensive gaming PC to run it and all this shit. Because I remember when the Oculus Rift came out and I was like, oh, that's cool. But that, that was many, many years ago, right? And I... Um, it was like, oh man, I wonder how much that is. And it was like a thousand to two thousand dollars, or upwards of that. I think it might have been eight thousand dollars at one point when it was in like alpha or whatever. And I was like, oh wow, I am yeah. a teenager. I cannot do anything about this new world. Yeah, we're now. If you have a, a PS, a PlayStation Four, which mm-hmm. is not the most expensive console in the no, world, no, especially if you get ripped off. <laughs> if you buy it used, it doesn't matter. You can buy a cheap I'm sorry. hard drive. That's all I'm saying. If you buy a used PS4, which is fairly accessible, all things considered, again, within the realm of video games and electronics, you can have a virtual reality experience for like four hundred additional dollars. Like, and it's a good one, and it's really good. Like, 
playing Moss is just so satisfying. Like I was, I have the whole time I've been doing VR stuff. I have this big goofy grin on my face. Mm-hmm. But Moss specifically is beautiful, and it's. I mean, the graphics are really good. The just graphics like are so game. good. But especially considering, like, it's the the other thing is like you would expect it for it to be this new and this cheap for it to like look just okay yeah. or to have like kind like of grainy blocky. graphics or blocky graphics but the the moss is really well rendered and I'm really excited to play Borderlands 2 cuz that's a pretty game anyway. Yeah, that's one of your favorite games of it's all time. It's one of my favorite games of all time. So uh, to have it be this crisp and this good it's looking so wild. It's so wild and in moss to be able to like be like, "Oh, we're in this forest." You can look around everywhere yeah you can look up and there's the stars and the moon and to be able to look and i like gasped audibly because there's these big old deer yeah right by me and then i can lean forward and like look through the clearing and see these deer yeah that are like right up on me it's just so you can lean and see things it's, it's, it's so wild. cool one of my favorite things about oh gosh i have so much good to say about moss it's not just that it's like graphically very engaging because of the vr i think it's also a pretty fun platformer oh, to really do that has a lot of unique puzzle strategies mm-hmm. that um, my brain just is not used to solving puzzles like that. Mm-hmm. But one of my favorite things about Moss that I was so excited to tell you is that Quill, the protagonist of the game, who's the cutest and smallest, who's the mouse cutest and smallest mouse that you can pet. Yes, you, you can, can pet, pet her. her. You and can you give can her give a little her a high pet. Five. You can give her a high five if you succeeded a puzzle. It's perfect. Um, she will help you solve the puzzle. Oh, what? So what What happened last night was I was playing for like five hours and I have whole other stuff to say about playing for too long, um, is that I was stuck on this puzzle in this temple, right? And Quill noticed that I hadn't moved in a while and was just like thinking. And she pointed at herself, pointed at the enemy, made a motion with her hand of what to do with the thing, and told me how to solve the puzzle. That's so cool. You have to interpret her hand signs, and she's very small, so I had to like lean in and look closer at her in order to do it. But she told me, she helped me, she gave me a hint to solve the puzzle. That's so cool. I mean, like, because video games will give you hints from time to time, but like, it's such a cool and engaging, like, the mechanics of that game are so interesting. It's so well integrated. And having you solve puzzles in this really new and engaging way, because you were able to be involved with the game in a mm-hmm. really different way it's not just like you're playing a video game and you're distanced you're distanced or like it you... like breaks down the fourth wall oh completely and that is such a cool way to give hints is it's very it feels like it's very like human and intuitive yeah. to have it just be like like if you were doing this with a friend and they it was like a you know, you can do like an improv challenge where people have to be blindfolded and you have to like yell at them to get them through a maze or something. Yeah, sure. Or like a not t- improv team building. It's like that where like if you were doing that with a friend and like you were solving a puzzle together and they weren't allowed to speak, that's like what they would do. Yeah, it, it felt exactly like that. And I think one of my favorite things about Moss is I want to go back to the statement I just made, which I just realized can be much more fleshed out the fourth wall breaking. You, as a person, are referred to regularly in the game as the reader, quote-unquote, because you're reading this storybook. But the characters in the book look back at you and address you directly and Mm -hmm. challenge you to participate in the puzzles and the Mm storyline and being an important figure in Quill's life. Yeah, like you're physically in the game. You're physically in the game. If you are in an area where there's water beneath you, you can look down and see like this interesting spirit face. Mm-hmm. Like it's it's this really 
wonderful method of interaction with the ro- world around you. Like the first time I saw that I could, because um, I didn't watch a lot of video reviews, I read some reviews. I didn't want to spoil too much for myself because I knew I would get it and enjoy it. Um, the first time I realized that I could like use an enemy to solve a puzzle, uh-huh. like control it, I was like, wow. It's, and there are yeah. so many different ways that you're able to do that. It's just so cool. And my my favorite thing about Moss is the part that I'm in currently scared the shit out of me. There, Ooh, there are, there's an enemy that pops up at you and like is large and feels big. Like you feel so small in comparison to the size of this enemy. And they'll like pop out and like move around and like bleh at you. And it's so, I got so scared. It was like one in the morning and I've been playing for like, four or five hours and I was like I can't keep doing this and I like had to put down the VR rig because it was so scary wow it's a children's game I think and it frightened well, me well it is and it isn't because yeah I feel it's like accessible to children it's accessible to saying. children but I don't know that that VR in general is that accessible no to not children. necessarily but like it's it, it's told like a storybook it's a game. whimsical game it's a yeah I'll say that it's a whimsical game and it frightened me to the point where I had to put down yeah. the VR it's a whimsical game but it's also filled like the plot line is filled very much with like turmoil and strife and war and death so oh yeah like a lot of it is very frightening um and so I got scared by it and had to put it down like and that's wild to me because I just it just felt too sorry it just felt too real it's it's like if Redwall was cool yeah except Redwall was cool I think though reading it as an adult I don't know that it would hold up in the same way listen spiritually and emotionally Redwall shaped me as the human being that I am today sure but this is like Redwall without all the Christian overtones which I really enjoy there were Christian overtones yeah the whole thing was like Christian overtones they were in abbeys with monks Aaron and priests kings I, I think it was just medieval. Yeah, no, there were definitely y'all. There were definitely Christian overtones. Well, I mean, Next thing you're gonna tell me is Veggie Tales was a Christian <laughs> television show. I hate to break it to you. <laughs> no, there were 100 percent Christian overtones in Redwall. I'm gonna. Hmm. I'm telling you. Are you telling me that the Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe is an allegory <laughs> for, for Christianity? Christianity? No, Fuck you. There were 100 percent Christian overtones in Redwall. Okay. Uh, so well, I had no idea. This is like a more fantasy-oriented world too. It's just, it's yeah. very cool and engaging. There's like, there's like fantasy elements. There's like, uh, some of the some of the storyline is a little bit convoluted, and I feel like doesn't well, yeah. connect to each other. It's high fantasy. Yeah, it is. It is high fantasy. But and I think that there are ways that the story could have been fleshed out a little bit more. But I also think, understandably so, that so much of the development time was dedicated to making it beautiful like yeah, it is well, yeah the the vr itself yeah i'm excited as vr continues to evolve where there are games that are a, a bigger balance between like as vr evolves we'll be able to get like longer and more fleshed out games in vr you know not that moss isn't fleshed out but like like a more fleshed out story or something like that in vr yeah. what i want is uh, and this this game kind of reminds me of Moss in a weird way. Aaron, can you double check that I got the name of this game right? Um, Kingdom of, a- of Amalur Reckoning. Um, Kingdom of Amalur is one of my favorite uh, like third person fantasy, high fantasy RPGs that I've ever played. Um, it's a really fun game that I actually think both of you would enjoy. That was kind of it kind of coasted like underneath the surface. Like not a lot of people were as into it as Dragon Age Inquisition or like I'm sorry, Dragon Age the series, not just Inquisition. Yeah. Um, and 
I would love to see that transported to VR in a way that is similar to Moss. I'm not sure how it happened, but in world. Well, um, THQ Nordic just bought the rights in September of last year, so they're definitely doing something mm. with the property going forward. I love that. Um, yeah, you got the name right. It's Amalur. It's really uh, A-M-A-L-U-R, if yeah. you're curious. And if you sell a PS3 or Xbox 360, I do not, you can still play this game. It's a very good game. I would recommend it to anyone. Um, I would, I, because I don't think you could play, like, the exact, like, it couldn't be, like, a Skyrim, like, remake, because I feel like that would make me very ill, and mm. I don't want to play that. Um, but I, I would love to see something in that world or something in, like, the Fable world for VR where you're playing as, like, a small character or, like, you're overseeing, like, a kingdom or something. Like, mm. um, oh, what is the game? Like, um, is it Pacifico? Mm. What's that game, Aaron, where you're managing the island? Tropico. Tropico, thank you. Pacifico is a... Shitty beer. Also a fictional organization and a podcast that I listen to. Oh. <laughs> but yeah, it's, uh, it's a terrible beer. Well, thank you. So uh, Tropico is the game. I would love a game like that or Civilization for the VR. Uh, yeah, my stepbrother played a lot of Tropico. I don't know that I would feel that satisfied by VR Civ, but we're different people. Like I, I, I'm I just thinking about like stuff of, I would want to see. I wouldn't see the point of VR Civ. I would like it. That's fair. You'd feel like God. Exactly. Like, I would love to... Oh, my God. Fucking, do you remember um, that black game and Black and White? Yes, I would black love to see Black VR and White VR. Black and White VR would be amazing. Are you kidding me? You actually use the hand Yeah, you would use the hand in the game. That yeah, would be game. incredible. You could yeah. have two hands and, like, multitask. Uh-huh. Yeah. Where oh. you get to I literally know. be a god. I oh. am... That's so into that idea. Does anyone have the number of Lionhead Studios? Can somebody call Lionhead Studios? I haven't heard from them in years. Can somebody see if they're okay? What are they up to? Somebody call Lionhead. Somebody call Lionhead. Get me this game. Making more terrible fable games. Yeah. One can hope. Yeah, I'm just excited to have VR. Wrong. I know I'm wrong. I've I I went back to try to replay Fable Three, and I was like, oh, this is bad, and I put it down. But I do. Like it holds a fable. special place in your heart. It doesn't make it a good game, but it was important to you. Yes, thank you. And that's that how is, I feel about a lot of books. That's very valid. Thank you, Hannah, for validating me. So anyway, that is how I'm feeling about VR right now. Just so inspired by the I'm possibilities. I'm so excited. I'm excited and inspired. Uh, when either we hang curtains or it gets dark today, I'm going to play more Beat Saber. Um, I am very excited. Yeah, I'm just really excited now that we have VR to like see all the cool shit that's going to come out for VR. Yeah. I've been highly recommended a game by a friend called Drunken Bar Fight, um, which is exactly what it sounds like. Um, I really want Star Trek Bridge Commander, obviously. Oh my God, I want that so badly. So there's just a lot to be done as is, and I'm really excited. Now the VR is like pretty solid like what developers are going to do like next year or this year because it's february yeah what are developers going to do with vr moving forward i just want to uh play captain janeway in an experience where i am commanding the bridge as janeway we all want to be janeway we all want yes to top janeway (laughs) janeway would love to be topped yeah if i know anything about captain janeway but and i know a lot but I would love to just get to play act that that position and see those people. Something that I would not like, I think, in VR that would make me uncomfortable as of now is seeing um, 
humans attempt to be realistically portrayed. Yeah, Something like Uncanny Valley. Something that I am only comfortable with would India. be, yeah, is, is cartoon humans because I am already a little bit, like, I, I feel uncomfortable enough in that experience because it's so new to me that I would not be at all ready for a game like Heavy Rain where I'm, like, in first or third person. Um, John! Like, like seeing, John! seeing and talking to somebody John! or, like... Uh, you know, Sean. Griffin played a lot of um, L.A. Noir in yeah. VR. and But that, those people aren't that realistic. That would still be frightening to me were I in it. I would oh, not yeah. enjoy that experience I whatsoever. I, I bet you would, but I would fucking hate it because I be actually... Gumshoe's <laughs> Griffin. I would actually be so... I'm sorry. I'm, I'm talking about Griffin McElroy uh, when he was working for Polygon. There are a lot of videos that you can see where he's yeah, yeah, going yeah, through yeah, VR yeah, yeah, things yeah, 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 and he plays yeah. L.A. Noir in the VR. I just want to make sure people know what I'm referencing. Um, I get still so nauseated in the VR. When I was playing for like five hours last night, I was just so engaged in the game that I didn't want to stop. But also my brain and stomach felt like I was going to die. Oh, you got to take breaks. I know, and I was taking breaks. Okay. Like, every hour I was pulling myself out and being, like, 20-minute break or, like, a break. Um, when I say I was playing for five hours, I don't mean straight. Okay, good. Um, you mean gay. I'm not in... I mean gay. Uh, I, I took breaks, but it was still, like, um, being in a small boat in the ocean. Like, it was just very unpleasant inner ear wise interesting well yeah and you have an inner ear i disease. do have an inner ear disease um i'm curious because the longest i played for like three hours i've been moss for like three hours the other well, i played a little bit of astrobot vr which is very very fun and cute and then i played moss for a couple hours and i was fine but i also don't have like an inner ear balance yeah thing. i i think it might definitely be related to that because i think that it's so um you know, you put on this mask, and it has nice little blinders, so even if you wear glasses, you, you have trouble seeing outside of the VR, well, which yeah, is purposeful. Well, yeah, that's the whole point is you're not... Yeah. Well, yeah, exactly. Um, and so you're not able to see... Like, I feel like I rely so strongly on being able to center myself in the world around me and feel and see the same things that I'm feeling. And when you don't have that, I'm like... Ugh, uh, uh, uh. It's almost like your brain will a little bit have to learn how to do that in VR to yes. be able to like center yourself to the visual world that you're in. Yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be definitely an adjustment, and I'm hoping that my brain will get used to this new experience. But it's a I dope will. Experience. It's such a dope experience. I will continue to warn people who have similar um, uh, disabilities to myself uh, because I also have mo mobility conditions, which uh, make it so like feeling the things that I need in order to center myself for my inner ear conditions more difficult. Right. So really? I'll continue to like warn people about that, especially if you have trouble standing up and sitting down, which I do a lot of the time. There are some games in which you need to do that a couple of times like Moss. And if you have an inner ear condition and a mobility condition and you are struggling to stand up and sit down and also your inner ears are struggling to stand up and sit down, just be careful. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's... I feel good about that. No, I feel great about that. We talked a lot about the L word. We talked a lot about gay stuff. Um, In summary... VR. Season 7 of the L word. Uh, what the fuck is it going to be about? Um, VR's tight. VR's tight. Come over to our house and play our VR with us. Yeah. Uh, if you pay for $1,000... You um, can lick... Bernadette will pay you $1,000 to lick you, maybe. No. No, I wait. don't think we should advertise that because I don't... 
<laughs> if you want to give us a thousand dollars, Bernadette might lick. Bernadette you. might lick you. She's not a person who's generally unopposed to licking people. No, most definitely not. I'm not saying that I haven't. I'm not promising. I'm just saying Bernadette might lick yeah, you. Yeah, might. In I, general, I'm not, I'm not saying Bernadette I might lick you. Have not licked people on stage for my profession as an actor. Uh, I'm uh, not yeah. saying I have. Maybe it's 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 part PSA. Uh, Bernadette might lick you. Yeah, it's it's a warning to the people Watch. at large. Watch out. Um, also, a thousand dollars. Also, there might be a thousand dollars exchanged in that. So, this has been if it's gay, we play. You can find us on social media at gay gamers, G A Y G A M E R Z. Uh, we're on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. We don't really use Twitter that often, but we're pretty active on Instagram. Kai makes a lot of extremely good memes for us. Lots of memes. And those are cross-posted to our Facebook. So go like us, go follow us, go check us out. Uh, slide into our DMs. Uh, let us know what's happening in your life. We just found out that we have some like pending messages from people that needed to be like, approved. <laughs> so we found those and have responded to them. So if you've, yeah. if you've sent us a message and we haven't responded, it's not because we don't love you. It's because we didn't know you messaged us. So we're going to be better about uh, checking that in the future. Because yeah. we're old and we don't – I'm old and I don't I, quite understand how Instagram works. I actually was so shocked that that was a feature on Instagram where people who you have not exchanged messages with before or who you don't follow can message you and you have to actively find that in your inbox yeah i had no fucking idea that was an experience so yeah i i i saw it and i was like oh no hannah we've had people try to talk to us right which we really really appreciate and which we'll we do thank you so now much now that we know that that's a thing we'll, we'll, we'll be so thing. much better about and it because be wow good. we feel bad <laughs> um go to stickpoprod.com and check out the other shows of the network this is Grandma's House and uh, Encyclopedia and the forthcoming spatial all about how the world makes people how they are and how people, what makes people the way that they are. I'm basically. so excited to listen to spatial mm-hmm. um, because it, it deals with a lot of like sociopolitical issues in a way that I have not necessarily studied nor engaged with before. And I think that that's just so exciting and necessary in the realm of podcasts to use them to like learn new skills and new information so i'm very excited about that check out um tabletop Tabletop potluck our favorite cross podcast promotional podcast Mm -hmm. tabletop potluck tabletop potluck listen to them they're available on all listening platforms. As are we. As so are go we. like, rate, and subscribe. We love those likes. We love those ratings. We love those subscriptions. We love them. Get seen by more people. Keep your eyes peeled on social media for Kai's very good memes. Yeah, if you follow us on social media, not only do you get my memes, but you also get announcements when we're releasing episodes, which is every Monday. Every but Monday. You get little reminders that we have an episode coming out. You get a nice little link to the you'll episode. Get little, you'll get cute little pictures little, of our cat. Yeah, our cat and like stories and about our lives during the week. This week you could see me yelling at a spiro level for a while. This so. week you can see me correcting Hannah about something that you can do in video games. It's just, there's a lot of good content. There's a lot of very high quality content. If you are interested in the way that we play video games and the way that we are gay, boy, howdy, are we we active on social media. we've got the social media for you. Yeah. And also follow um, all the cast of The L Word for important L Word updates. Yeah, for important L Word updates. Um, We'll try and keep you, uh, we'll try to have a reporter on the scene for important L Word updates. Uh, And next week we'll talk about how Hannah and I were in the same room as Kate Moaning for a large amount of time. Yeah, she DJed a Pride event. I said next week, Hannah. Well, she just wasn't a very good DJ. That's all there is to say. I wanted to make it a little 
Well, we would forget. Cause You're right. We she, would. It's not that remarkable. No, it's true. <laughs> she would, Whatever. She DJed a Pride event, and she wasn't very good at it. It was fine. It was an exciting promotional move. Uh, but anyway, keep playing gay. Keep being games. And fuck shit up. We love you. We love Goodbye. you. Bye. 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 You're looking smart while you train your fingernails when they're painted. Bye.